0: You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of a career that soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com.
1: The Lead to Soul podcast is recorded in many places across the world. In Australia, it's recorded on the lands of the Wadawurrung, Wurundjeri and Boon people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past and present for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures and the hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples across the nation. We also pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today.
0: Hi, Michelle. It's so good to be back here on Lead to Soar with you.
1: It is lovely to be back and talking about, well, I always say, like choosing your favorite child, but one of my favorite subjects, but they're all my favorite subject. So here we go.
0: We're going to talk about promotion today, self-promotion. And we want to talk about this because, simply put, doing great work is not enough. We have to learn to communicate about our work, our contributions, and our team's contributions in support of reaching our long-term goals. And what I want to emphasize here is that we're talking about all kinds of goals, not just personal individual ambitions, although we hope you have those. We're also talking about goals that support your staff, your team members, and the needs of others around you that depend on you as you move up the ladder. So Michelle, as you've observed and coached women over the years, what do you see holds women back from self-promoting?
1: The the mindset, Mel, of I don't want to Known as a big noter, I don't want to be known as someone who's egotistical or arrogant, or I don't I don't want to be judged for being out there, you know. And I'm using the you know air quotes here, out there. And so I, I want to put some preparation into this, or, or give some context. Number one, let's accept and acknowledge that society still punishes women more harshly than men for behaviours that are very, very accepted, in fact, celebrated in men. So the the double bind and the double standards, assertive, aggressive, confident, brash, you know, those kind of things. So I want to give a a qualifier around, I acknowledge and accept those societal standards still exist. However, our job is to help you navigate those societal standards, but also really, I was about to say lean in, I hate the expression lean in, but really step into your greatness, your personal greatness and say, how might I bring more of my authentic self every time I show up? And so the mindset of, I have to show up in this meeting whether it's with one person or with 10 at this conference, whether it's you're a speaker or a participant in this email, in this business case, whatever it may mean, how do I show up to achieve or accomplish the outcomes that I want to accomplish here? So two things there to summarise my very long speech there. One, we accept society still punishes women for for some behaviors that we really want them to exhibit. Two, we want you to show up every single time in service of yourself, the teams you lead, the organizations whose outcomes you're responsible for um, achieving. And that's why authentic and graceful self-promotion is so critical.
0: Yeah. And I'll add to that, this is something that's come up inside a career that soars that we also acknowledge, which is that sometimes that uh, sort of punishment, it's even worse for women who are at the intersection of other cultural and racial identities. So we Acknowledge that, and that sort of tricky stuff is something that we dive into deeper with the help of people like Amal and Teresa Mm -hmm. inside a career that soars.
1: Mel, I am going to jump in there because you just reminded me. So Amal and I did a career Q and A in 2021, and she was really very, very open about her experiences, and these are her with her experience as a Black woman in America being viewed as the angry Black woman or you know, because simply when she was trying to be assertive. So I I would encourage people, we've got a recording of that in the platform. So it's very, very useful for anyone who identifies with with one of those intersectionalities. If you identify as a woman of color, you identify as a culturally and linguistically diverse woman. Really good advice from, from Amal there about how you might navigate that, which is very much in line with what we're talking about today.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that, Michelle. And so this phrase that you mentioned, I love it so much. Authentic and graceful self-promotion. It sounds explanatory, self-explanatory, but give us your explanation. How would you describe this for our listeners in more detail?
1: So let's start with our definition of leadership. Leadership is using the greatness in me to achieve and sustain extraordinary outcomes by engaging the greatness in others. So when you're, you're being your truly authentic self in the context of our leadership definition, the personal greatness, you understand your values, your worldview, your strengths. So what it is that you personally bring to the table, you understand what the outcomes are that you're responsible for achieving. Now, that might be at, at your individual career level. So what are the outcomes? What are those um, sustainable, extraordinary sustainable outcomes you want for your career or for your organisation, your business, whatever it may be? And then the third part, engaging and aligning others. So how do you look for the greatness in other people and bring that together? So that let's look at the context, you know, authentic through the context of leadership and graceful means that you're not just putting yourself in the middle of every conversation about you know self-promotion now that might sound counterintuitive and there might be people going I'm scratching my head here Michelle I'm trying to promote myself and you're saying don't put me at the center of this let me illustrate it with an example You have a responsibility, your organisation, to achieve your KPIs, to achieve and sustain those outcomes, the strategic and financial outcomes that your organisation deems as important. You want to, you've nailed it. This year, and you want to be able to to talk about that. So, the way to promote or authentically and gracefully self promote is to start having conversations, or in written material, or in other mediums. So, we have a whole range of different content with which people can get to know you and how you show up and what you deliver. But let's talk about it in in the context of your annual review. So, authentically and gracefully self promoting to your boss in your annual performance evaluation or review. Would go something like this. This is not the right way. I've had a great year. I've nailed it. I'm really proud of myself, and I'm very, very, you know, happy that I've, you know, I've been a good citizen, and and I deserve a promotion. Now I'm being very binary here, Mel. Or. Authentic and graceful self-promotion is, hey, Mel, so Mel, you're my boss in this um, situation. Here's my dashboard. I'm really proud of the work that, that I've done to help the organization further its goals. Here's, the, here's how we've done X, Y, and Z, and here's my role, yeah, the role that I played in making sure the team, the project team, the, you know, whatever it may be, um, achieved a green light, not a red light. That's something that I think is worthy of recognition, and I'd like to talk about how we can build that into my evaluation. Now, that's very, very clearly talking about yourself and what you did, but it's in the context of what people see as important, which is the organizational goal. So again, link to the organization's financial and strategic outcomes, your team's financial and strategic outcomes, or if you're an individual contributor, what, you're, you know, what are you paid to do in your organization and talk about what you do to make that happen. That's one way of authentically and gracefully self-promoting just one way. And there are so many different ways.
0: Yeah, I w- and I want to get to that. So you gave this sort of common example. I th- The thing that we think about most for self-promotion is that annual review, positioning yourself pr- for a promotion, but there are other reasons that we want you to self-promote. So you might be working to position yourself as a subject matter expert, or you might be wanting to shore up your strategic network, or you might be wanting to get your team or your department additional support in some kind of form, money, new hires, etc. So the point here is that there are lots of reasons that are going to come up in your career where you need to have worked on the skill of authentic and graceful self-promotion.
1: 100%. And I think you've you've given a couple of great examples, particularly, I think, no other time in my career, and let's face it, my career has been very, very long, um, have I seen such a need to be able to identify and recruit talent, you know, the best and the brightest people, you know, you'd have to be living under a rock somewhere not to know that 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 is a mega trend right now. So, you know, that's just one example of how you can be, if you're really skilled in this area, you can create such a value for your organization, but also be seen as that person who creates that value.
0: So I want to ask you now to just expand more. So you kind of walked us through this example of what you could do in an annual review, but take us a little bit further. How can women understand how their work I guess this is a place to start with the leadership definition is how can women understand how their work contributes to the organization's business, strategic and financial goals? And then how do they use that to share more about the results they create?
1: So let's talk about the missing 33%, Mel. We know that for those of you who followed along, the missing 33% for many of us, for many women is business, strategic and financial acumen. Whether it's missing in terms of those skills or missing in terms of you demonstrating that you have those skills because we want you to have business strategic and financial acumen and we want you to demonstrate it every single time. So number one, get yourself very, very familiar with where you are right now in terms of your capabilities and your skill set. If you have a gap, we want you to close it. So that's that's kind of, you know, that's the preamble or the you know the pre-work. But right now, If I were to say to you, what keeps your CEO awake at night and what does your CEO want you to know and what does your CEO want you to do? So three questions. What keeps your CEO awake at night? What does your CEO want you to do and what does your CEO want you to know? Now, I want you to be able to answer those because when you answer those, when you know what those are, that creates a framework for authentic and graceful self-promotion. It creates a framework for strategic networking. It creates a framework for achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes. But what it does is it helps you define your positional purpose your positional purpose is essentially, what do they pay you to do at your work? So if, um, and if for, for those of you who have read No Ceiling, No Walls, or are members of a career that soars, you will know that we have a whole module around this in one of, one of our leadership courses, your mantle of leadership. But we talk about what is the organisation expecting you to do? So when you think about I come to work every day. Yes, I've got some KPIs and what have you. But what does that mean? And where do I link that to? the or How do I link that to the organization's strategic and financial outcomes? That's that's the work that's got to be done Mel. So again, recapping. Understand the missing 33%. Understand your own strengths and gaps. So if you've got strengths in the missing 33%, so a business strategic and financial acumen, play to them. If you've got gaps, work out what you're going to do to close them. Then work out your positional purpose. What is it that I have to do around here? And then you can start talking about it. And that's, so this is the pre-work. Then you can start talking about, so how do I position myself so that people understand who I am, what I bring, and what are the outcomes I create for this organization? And that's when you can start doing the authentic and graceful self-promotion. Because it's about outcomes that you create, not just about you, not just about that first part of our, our leadership definition the personal greatness, which is often what people focus on when they think, I've got to promote myself. I've got to tell people what a good person I am, what great values I have. Here are my strengths. No, you've got to link it to all three.
0: And yeah, as you were talking there, I just realized that I misspoke a moment ago and we should probably break down for our listeners. When when we say the word results and we when we say the word outcomes, we're talking about two
1: different things. 100%. So a result is a thing that happens at a point in time and then it's gone. An outcome is something that changes the course of of the organisation. A result is we achieved a customer satisfaction survey result of 92%. An outcome is our customer satisfaction rating of 92% meant that customers churned less and spent more with the organization. So we've contributed to the organization's revenue uh, and we've also contributed to the organization's customer satisfaction or the you know, focus on the customer. So, you know, focusing on those four key business outcomes, cash, growth, return and customer. That's what that's what an outcome's linked to.
0: Yeah. One of the examples in No Ceiling, No Walls that helped me was when you deliver on a project ahead of schedule or under budget, that is a result, but the outcome is different. It's something more like new business increases 15% or, you know, something like that. So I'm Mel Butcher, and I want to talk to you about the Ascend Workshop. Ascend is a workshop I created for early career professionals who are ready to take the next steps in their career. The next step could be aiming for a promotion and salary raise, or it could be looking for the next step up in another organization. Together, we'll cover using emotional intelligence in the workplace, getting our communication on point, understanding mentorship and sponsorship and how to get it, and positioning ourselves for the next step. I'd love to see you inside the Ascend workshop. Learn more under the courses section Inside a Career That Soars. Okay, so back to what you were outlining a moment ago about what you want our listeners to know. I wonder if we could just make up an example of someone and kind of walk through the life of, of this woman and her role and what it looks like for her to begin to understand these components that you're talking about with positional purpose and then going beyond KPIs, understanding what keeps your CEO up, all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So tell us a story, hypothetical story.
1: <laughs> hypothetical, which might be slightly autobiographical. Okay. I am going to tell the story of this person that used to run a, a very large, contact center. Oh, hello, it's me. So, it, because it's actually that when I talk about leading for outcomes and when I talk about authentic and graceful self-promotion, it's probably, well, Let me let me tell the story of me. Because if I'd known what I know now, I would have done this very, very differently. So, when I was working for Telstra, I ran the National Activation Centre. I had two contact centres with about 500 people in two locations. And when people used to say to me, What do you do? I'd say, I'm the National Activation Centre manager and I've got a team of 500. We activate all the mobile phones for Telstra in Australia. Big whoop. Because what I was talking about was the dimensions of my role. And what I wasn't doing there, Mel, was talking about the outcomes that I created for the organization, and I wasn't also enhancing my image as a leader, and I wasn't, I wasn't actively authentically and gracefully self-promoting myself and my organization. So the way you describe what you do is also a way of authentically and gracefully self-promoting. And when you focus on the outcome, so what I what I say now when people say, what did you do back in 2001? I say, well, I was very, very proud to work with a team that made sure that every customer who bought a mobile phone from Telstra was activated within one hour of that purchase so that they could start spending money on our network. That's it. It's exactly the same thing. But in, in one or two sentences, I was able to say, not only give credit to my team, give credit to myself because clearly I was driving those results. You know, it was my leadership that was responsible for that very, very large team. But I was talking about the customer and how how great that experience was for the customer, which means they started spending money with our organization, which is great for the organization and the shareholders. So and but at the same time we were going, well, they'd be gee, that was a that's a big job. She must be pretty, you know, she must be pretty smart or capable or whatever. You know, insert whatever word you want to insert. So the way you describe what you do can have so many different nuances and purposes, but it can enhance your image, enhance your employer's image and really demonstrate that you are a woman in the know and you get it and you're interesting. So that's, that is the simplest example that I can give. Have a think about how you position yourself and the way you describe yourself when you meet new people or when you're describing what you do. It might be to a new boss, might be to a, your new boss's boss, it might be to a new stakeholder within your organisation, a customer, whatever it may be. Or as, as you talked about before, Mel, it might be when you're describing the organisation to a potential candidate. Come and work with me. I'm great. Yeah, awesome. We know you're great, Michelle. Well, we don't really, but come and work with this organization that does really good stuff, Mel. Here's what we do. That's authentic and graceful self-promotion of yourself because you're demonstrating you know the organization. You're demonstrating that you have a part in that organization achieving and sustaining its goals. And you're demonstrating your passion for that. And people resonate with that. It's it's engaging. So there you go. There's my autobiographical story.
0: Okay. I want you to imagine that you could get in a time machine and go back and coach Michelle back then. How would you coach her to understand what keeps her CEO up at night,
1: that is a great question, and I would coach her to much better understand the difference between results and outcomes. So I used to say I was very outcome oriented, but I was results oriented. So I knew my, what my KPIs were, and I drove for those KPIs. But I wasn't—I didn't make the connection, Mel. I didn't make the connection to what the fact that I was—I had to achieve grade of service. So how many calls answered within a certain amount of time? I didn't. I just didn't make the connection with making sure I had the right people in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. I didn't make the connection between my passion for the customer and the fact that that was going to deliver outcomes for our shareholders. I just didn't make the connection to the fact that the CEO would be going, I hope that bloody National Activation Centre is on, on on target because unless it is, we're going to have customers who are just going to churn out and go to another provider. I just didn't make that. so I'd coach her younger me i'd I'd coach her to much better understand the big picture. What was it that Telstra was in? you know what were the because let's face it, there were only a few strategic pillars. there was probably three or four I didn't know them well enough. and more importantly, I hadn't made the link with what I did every single day to what was important for Telstra. I'd kind of got there because I'd got to the results piece, but I didn't make the full link and that's what I would coach her on.
0: okay. So you started to touch on this bit a little bit earlier, and I want to come back to it now. Women need to be seen as both competent and likable. Talk to us about self-promotion in this context of the double bind.
1: So... I'm going to talk about it in the context of women navigating this particular double bind. When we think about leadership, and if I think about a group of of people in front of me, and I've had many, many groups of people in front of me in real life and virtually, and I ask them to tell me the words that describe leader every single time, and I have three columns on my whiteboard, whether it's a virtual one or a real one, every single time the column associated with personal greatness fills up and I hear confident and I hear charismatic and I hear trustworthy. And I, So I hear all the stuff about strengths and values and worldview, all those personal attributes. And I hear a lot about engaging the greatness in others. So good coach, good mentor, you know, builds diverse teams, values diversity, those kind of things. But I don't often have my middle column around achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes filling up. So what I want people, but particularly women to do is, is understand our three-part leadership definition when it comes to pretty much anything that you do, but in the context of authentic and graceful self-promotion, personal greatness plus achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes plus engaging and aligning others. So when they're starting to pay attention to this, I want them to not just think about putting their own strengths, their own values, their own worldview into the ether, into whatever forum they're in. Often we're going to lead with those words if we want to describe ourselves, we want people to like us, we want people to buy from us or hire us or whatever, we're going to talk about our personal greatness. I want you to talk as much about achieving and sustaining extraordinary outcomes and as much about engaging the greatness in others as you do about your personal attributes. So it's... It takes time, Mel, and you really have to have this kind of mental map. In fact, don't have a mental map. Write it down. S- start writing down how you describe yourself and map it against our three-part leadership definition. Say, so, have I talked about my own strengths, my worldview, etc.? Have I talked about the outcomes that I achieve and sustain? Have I talked about engaging the greatness in others? And ugh, that that's where it starts. Now, I've kind of gone off track and gone into the, you know, this is what you must do. And then you alter it for whatever situation you're in, whether it's you're writing the, you know, your career summary on LinkedIn or on your, your CV, whether you're writing a cover letter for a new job, whether you're doing your performance evaluation, whether you're trying to recruit a really high caliber candidate into the organization, you really want them to come and work for you. So start thinking about those scenarios, but think about how you might describe yourself and what you bring in the context of our three part leadership definition.
0: Michelle, what do you want listeners to think about when it comes to lifting up others?
1: That this is an opportunity to authentically and gracefully self promote. As you become, so there's a couple of points here, Mel. As you become more senior in the organization, you are expected to have good strategic networks, both inside and external to the organization. And being a good network is not how many functions or conferences you can go to or how many followers you have on LinkedIn. Being a good networker or being known as a strategic networker means that you've got the ability to tap that network to help to achieve and sustain the outcomes for yourself, for your career and for your organisation. So... We talked about talent before, and, and I think that's, you know, that, that's a reasonable one, but I'm going to talk about talent in the context of people who might be thinking about coming and working for our organisation, suppliers that are thinking about whether they supply to the organisation. So there are all sorts of different stakeholders here. So in the context of others, being a great strategic networker means that you also have a, a mindset of generosity and reciprocity. And authentic and graceful self-promotion, Mel, is also about saying, so if I am seeing that there's this talented engineer on LinkedIn and she's writing these great articles, how might I use my network to lift her up? Now, it might be, so Mel, I've noticed you wrote an article for young professionals last week. I would really like to connect you with someone in my network. I'd really like to connect you with someone in my network who I think is really going to benefit from that. So I do an introductory connection between Mel and this other person in my network. So not only have I lifted Mel up and given her the opportunity to authentically and gracefully self-promote to that person, I've demonstrated to that person that I have good strategic networks, that I am a generous person, that I am able to connect them with talent and that is enhancing my image as a leader that that in and of itself is authentic and graceful self promotion because it's it's actually behavior and it's demonstrating Certainly, your personal greatness uh, and and the you know your your strengths and your values and all that kind of stuff. But it's saying I get that this is important to you. You know, it might be talent, it might be content, whatever it may be. But so that strategic networking, that being generous and and reciprocating, but demonstrating that you've got networks by connecting people with people is another very subtle way of authentic and graceful self promotion. And I've got to say, it's one that I I particularly enjoy and. I think it I think it has, no, I know it, it has stood me in good stead because people say, gee, you've got a great network and gee, you're generous with your network and gee, you share a lot of stuff. So people start to know you for, oh, she's that person with, oh, she's the one who, she's the one you go to for. So that in and of itself is, is a way of authentically and gracefully self-promoting. Hey, I could say to you, Mel, hey, Mel, I've got 12,000 followers on LinkedIn. Big whoop. Hey, Mel, I've got a really extensive network, and there's two people in the engineering area who are quite senior. I'd love you to connect you with them. Are you okay with that? because I think you can add value to their uh, to their organizations. Hey, two people, I've got this amazing woman in my you know extensive network. I'd like to connect you with her, blah 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 blah. so all all of a sudden you've got two or three people going, "Wow, she's very cool that she's she's done that, and she's clearly in the know because she gets us and she, anyway you you get the drip. so being, yeah, that, that generosity is is very a very, very good way. And it also plays to some of the strengths that we're told that women are good at in terms of the interpersonal stuff, but lift it up and be strategic.
0: Definitely. And I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Diane McMaster. She's done this multiple times with me. She will take time out of her day and her schedule to introduce someone to me or share, you know, some piece of our content with a young professional. And that really means a lot to us. And it builds the relationship that we have with her. And, you know, I I just want to reemphasize what you're saying here, Michelle, because this is something you can do no matter what career level you're at. And, as an example, I did this when I was still a student because I was out there proactively meeting people and eventually it would come up that, hey, I need to hire someone. I'm looking for an intern, whatever. And they would ask me and then I could make a referral. So there. There are ways to position yourself to be useful for people no matter what stage you're at in your career so
1: 100% and and you know internally in inside your organization and certainly in organizations that I've worked in I was known as the person to go to for talent Now I've never I'm not in the talent or recruitment or HR area, but I have good networks and I maintain them. And people go, We really need to get, you know, a production design person. Is there anyone in your network, Michelle? Yeah, there is. And I know this great person and let's let's make a connection. So and that was important because talent and being able to secure the best and the brightest talent is a key outcome for the organisation so being known as that person who can help contribute to that outcome being known as the person is pretty good so you've got to be able to talk about it so there you go
0: thanks michelle okay so i think we're going to wrap up this discussion today on self promotion but michelle i think you wanted to mention a resource for our listeners
1: yeah so in a career that soars both in our your medal of leadership course we do a whole a module on this but it's called your positional purpose which we've talked about a couple of times in, in the, the this episode and the positional purpose worksheet helps you map out, you know, what is it that you do? So what your responsibilities are over the course of a day, a week or a month, it then helps to map against, you know, what, what type of activity is that and what outcome is it driving for your organisation? So you can start to map what it is that you do and what it brings to the organisation in service of those strategic and financial goals. Then, you actually write out your positional purpose. So it's a little bit like, remember, Michelle, I run a call center with 500 people. I'm responsible for customers, growth, blah, blah, blah. So it's a it's a really nifty resource and our members have access to that as part of their membership. So come over and, and, uh, and chat to us about it because we've got all those tools and resources on demand.
0: Can't wait to see you inside. Dear listeners, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Mel. This summer, a career that soars is pleased to offer a new, unique experience. Michelle Redfern, Amal Youssef, and myself, Mel Butcher, will be hosting Leadership Is a live in-person workshop in Madison, Wisconsin, August 11 through 12, 2022. If you are a leader in an organization that's serious about supporting your female talent pipeline, learn more about sending a small cohort of women from your company to the event at leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. That's leadtosoar.com slash sponsor. And if you're a career woman ready to grow your ability to create the outcomes for your organization that matter most, we'd love for you to join us. Visit leadtosorecom slash leadership is for attendee workshop details. That's leadtosorecom slash leadership is. This has been another episode of Lead to Soar, a production of A Career That Soars. You can reach Michelle Redfern at michelleredfern.com and Mel Butcher at melbutcher.com. Join us inside A Career That Soars at acareerthatsoars.com.